Hello and welcome to the Venus Factor Podcast. I'm Liz and today I have with me Venus veteran extraordinaire, Kimberly. Thank you for having me and talking to us. Thank you, Lissy. It's been a while and I'm really happy to come back and share some of my experiences over the last couple of years. Yes, you have been with Venus since day one? Pretty much. So yes, I'm a veteran from the first Venus contest. Uh, which I did while living in China, of all places. So we've got a few interesting stories and tidbits around that. I remember listening to your podcast as a newbie, and you talked about how the the bug, the roach body was the thing there. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that random? Yeah, that's so funny that you remember that. Yeah, they're sort of talking about these sort of like very delicate bodies with narrow shoulders and kind of maybe a little bit of a poochy belly was uh, quite quite the thing, you know, quite opposite from what we have from our Western standards, which is quite interesting. Yes. So um, you were quite an anomaly there. You talked about everything you bought had to be tailored. Yeah, definitely. So I guess having a, a Western body uh, makes you, you quite different in that particular situation, and especially one that kind of goes to the gym and does some exercise. Uh, so yeah, I had to pretty much get everything tailored because it was too tight in the shoulders, too tight in the hips, too big in the waist. <laughs> well, you uh, have a pretty extreme hourglass ratio. I know, like when I see your metrics, and I've told you this before, like they floor me. They're you're like a perfect hourglass with a teeny tiny waist. So I'm guessing everything you buy has to be tailored, even if you buy stuff here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we all have our individual quirks. You know, we have those really awesome bits of our bodies and then the work bits we work on a little bit more. And I think my really big fortunate factor is that I do have a natural hourglass. So I do have a crazy small waist and naturally have pretty big shoulders. So, yeah, I sort of have what I call, not even an hourglass, I call it the Ming vase because it's kind of like, you know, one of those Chinese... <laughs> kind of figures, yeah. <laughs> the Ming vase. The Ming vase. So, when you first did Venus, what was your initial transformation like? For those of you who don't know where you start, absolutely. Let me answer that in a couple of ways. When I started Venus, you know, it was the last exercise program I was going to try because I had had it. I had um, been trying to get the body I wanted for quite a number of years, let's say three or four years, and I'd gone through trainers and I'd bought all these online programs. Um, all of them were kind of saying six meals a day and eat more. And guess what? I was just getting fatter and fatter. <laughs> it was awful. And I wasn't putting on insane muscle. It was fat, you know, because I was just eating more. Um, and I was like, this one sounds different. This program sounds different. This is the last one. Um, and I remember with the John and the two Brads, I was emailing and heckling them constantly going, you've got to convince me to do this because, you know, I'm, I'm at my threshold with you online trainers. <laughs> I've never looked like this in my life. I look worse than I looked two or three years ago. This is just terrible. <laughs> um and, you know, you've got to love them because they, they, they spent the time with me and they convinced me in a very numeric and analytical way that this was a, a good thing to do. And I think for the first time, I actually heard the truth, and that is you do have to eat less than you think you have to eat, right? And you have to lift heavier and more to your potential rather than those pink Barbie doll, 
dumbbell weights that so many other trainers tell you how to use, you know? You know, because it's sort of like, well, okay, I like the idea of eating more to get skinny. That sounds really, really good. And I also don't want to look like a man, so I don't want to lift too much. And this is the sort of approach I'd been on for, like, years on this treadmill. Yeah. And it's just getting worse and worse and, oh, it was just awful. So I started the competition just with this fresh information, you know, just eat a lot less. Um, and fasting is really, really good. You know, skipping breakfast, which I do naturally anyway, is awesome. You know, instead of people saying, oh, breakfast is the most important meal. Um, so this whole new bunch of facts and numbers and science, I'm going, you know, I'm going to give this a go and this will be my last one and please let it work this time. <laughs> um, and I know I've shared my metrics with you, Lissy, and it was amazing. You know, I was never particularly heavy to start off with. I'm a, a high estrogen ectomorph, which means I tend towards the skinny fats, you know, that if I get it out of whack, that I don't get particularly large, but I get that whole wobble factor. Might look okay in clothes, but don't really don't look good out of them. Um, that sort of thing <laughs> happens for me. Um, so I started, I think, Venus, and I'm about just over five foot three, so about five foot three and a half. I started at a, not a terribly heavy weight. I started at about 120 pounds, but I was up from about 110 pounds. So somehow all these other exercise programs are put on 10 pound, which I would like to think was muscle, but it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, it was blubber. And so through that first three months of that contest, um, and it was such a wonderful and supportive community and we're all working together, I managed to get down to about 103 pounds. So I lost about 15 to 17 during that competition. My metrics were pretty amazing. I went from a 26, 27 inch waist down to close to 23 inch waist, uh, which is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I still looked a bit ectomorphish and a bit skinny because we all know it takes time to build muscle. But you can start to see definition that I had never had before and definition that I, I really, really wanted. Uh, so it was like, wow. So this really is the program that works. You know, it's told me the truth. Now, back in those days, um, back at VT1 when the program was brand new, we didn't have all the calculators. We didn't have the sort of the concept of the reverse taper. And that is, you know, so we were all like, okay, if low calories is good, then lower calories is even, even better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did get myself caught in a bit of a doom. If I got under 100 pounds for a patch there, I was very, very skinny. I lost muscle. Um, so sort of after VT1, I sort of did take a bit of a nosedive and learnt a lot about myself and learnt to be a little more cautious and not keep on dieting, but to actually taper it back up uh, and to, to just understand that building the muscle would take time. And now it's, what, five years on or so. And, you know, I've put on inches and inches in the places where you want to, but I've continued to refine down the places that you want a bit leaner. So it's, it's really worked for me. Yeah, and, you know, your, um, your weights went up, but your inches have went down and up in air, like your shoulders and hips where it's showing you that you've put on muscle. So you've been very consistent about taking metrics and looking at, comparing progress pictures, which you shared with me and I'll share on the blog post, but what are some insights that you have in when you're looking at your metrics or your pictures, like how do you know that you're doing things right or wrong? Absolutely. That is an excellent question. 
I think for me, and if I can answer this in two ways, firstly, when I know something's out of whack with me is I do take my metrics often, but it's in your waistbands. You just wear, you know, a slightly tighter pair of jeans or a slightly tighter dress and you feel it. You just Mm. know. You can just feel that it doesn't fit the way it was fitting. Mm. Um, So for me, you know, it really is that waistband test. Um, And in terms of, I guess, you know, what advice I would have is it's not about perfection. It's about consistency, right? Um, And I found that over the years that the pendulum swing of, you know, being Little Miss Perfect through to, you know, Little Miss Piggy um, has become narrower and narrower for me. And yeah. that's really where the consistency starts to play in. I'm also, and you know this about me, I don't pick on myself if I do something badly for a day or a week or two weeks. I just go, yeah, I had a really good time and now it's time to tighten a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So I don't get that, put that pressure on myself because as soon as you're saying, I'm so far from being perfect and so far from doing what I should be doing. You just pile on the pressure and then many of us, you know, turn to emotional eating. Mm -hmm. You're just like begging for chocolate at Mm -hmm. that point. So, you know, accept that we all slip, every single one of us, and just work on consistency, work on building good habits, work on being 80% compliant. You know, admit to yourself, okay, I've slipped a little this week, so next week I'm going to do a bit better. Right? Mm-hmm. It's actually as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and just keep working it. Yeah. So you um, you are, to me, one of the queen maintenance consistency people. What do you think is your key habits that, I mean, you work 60-hour, 80-hour weeks sometimes. How do you fit in your workouts and your nutrition and explain that? Yeah, Absolutely. So for me, I think my absolute winning strategy, and we're all different, but this one's mine, is missing breakfast. I've never liked breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. I've never wanted to eat it. From even a teenager, I never wanted it. Uh, my mother would you know, go crazy on me and try and make me eat it, and I'd try and feed it to the cat or the dog. Um, <laughs> um, so for me, it's like that's my natural eating style. I don't wake up hungry. But if I eat breakfast, oh boy, do I eat big the rest of the day. So for mm. me, eating breakfast is an absolute trigger, right? So that for me is my winning strategy. I know for others, you know, that they like to have breakfast and, and like to trim somewhere else in their day or, you know, other people just like to have the 20, a couple of 24-hour fast days and then eat normally other days of the week. For me, it's about just being pretty much the same most days but missing breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably my number one. Uh, winning strategy in terms of working long hours moving countries multiple times in the last couple of years um, try to try to build companies trying to set up companies all doing all sorts of things and working terrible hours uh, probably the best thing since moving to the US 18 months ago for me is I actually have a house that's big enough to have a home gym right mm-hmm. when I was in Hong Kong I was living in 600 square feet and I had a couple of kettlebells in there and I would go out into the lift lobby and do my workout in the lift lobby because <laughs> I had room. <laughs> you knew all the neighbors. Oh, they knew I was out there because they could hear me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I think for me, managing my hours and managing work and everything else is, is having a home gym has been really, really good for me. Um, having said that, I do miss going to the public gym. 
because I find yeah. there's a certain motivation in watching others and seeing what others are doing um, and talking with others that that does give you a motivation as well and I do miss that but for me it was uh, a matter of you know what's going to work for me right. um, and that's a home gym it's also not getting too caught up if I miss a workout okay is that day I needed more sleep you know that's yeah. okay I'm not going to beat myself up about it you know one workout doesn't break or make you absolutely just like one bad up. eating day same thing exactly so what does your um workout week look like I know it's changed over the years you can even talk about that too yeah absolutely so I have a tendency that if I have time I tend to get into the overtraining <laughs> you know, yeah. I can be one of these people who like, as I said, with the calories, you know, if, if more is, if less is good, then more is better. Um, right. I can be like that with my workouts, you know, and I've gone through periods where I've gone six, seven times, plus a whole bunch of cardio, and I've gotten overtrained and it's really badly impacted me. So now I, I just work out according to how my body feels. I try and get four to five workouts in a week. I think coming to the US where everyone drives cars, I think my cardio is down. A bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm having to be a bit more structured with that, like more time on a spin bike and less time, yeah. you know, kind of walking about as I've done in other countries. But yeah, it's just a matter of uh, being consistent, working out when you have the time. Um, for me, short workouts with lower reps work much, much better than longer workouts with higher reps. I find that if I do that, that I start losing weight and muscle. Whereas if I do the lower reps and the shorter workouts, that that's when I get the big advances in my program. Interesting. Uh, so it's interesting, yeah. So what does your um, like week of nutrition look like? Absolutely. So I try and be pretty good Monday to Friday. I typically have a nice big treat like a muffin around Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, but I tend to make pretty good choices. For, for Monday to Friday. So that kind of means I can let loose a little bit more on the weekend. So yesterday we had a, had a big party and um, there were loads of desserts there. And I pretty much ate the dessert buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Go I did, it. I, I, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of dessert yesterday. <laughs> and I, I don't even think I'm up a pound this week. I mean, I flew in from San Francisco and flying always bloats me and I think maybe I'm up one pound from that and the dessert buffet extravaganza. And that's it. My waist was 23 inches this morning. Yeah. You know, so that's the way I typically eat is try and be good at least five days a week. Um, you know, within reason. You know, don't, don't deny myself. But, right. you know, I don't, don't, fall heavily into desserts and, you know, donuts and snacking. Um, and then, yeah, just leave myself room for, for a couple of days of good eating. Nice. So how do you handle vacations and the aftermath? Well, you know, Lissy, that my vacations tend to be action-packed. Yes. <laughs> I tend to do um, high exercise vacations, you know, skiing, hiking, those sorts of things. And I find actually when I'm on vacation that, yes, I do tend to eat more, but because I'm burning more, my body just deals with it. And mm -hmm. typically speaking, I come back lighter from a vacation than I have going into it. And mm -hmm. if I do come back a few pounds heavier, 
you, you know what I do, and you know it because I've told you. I know, I know it. I want you to talk about I it. I got to talk about it. I do what I call triage. That's exactly <laughs> what happens in the emergency unit of the hospital. Um, is I assess myself for for how bad it is, um, and then I <laughs> and then I do a two or three day um, snap of of a pretty heavy cut. You got lots and lots of water, fasting, low calories, lots of vegetables, and lean protein. And I find that if I do that triage, that I generally knock off ninety percent of whatever happened. Mm-hmm. For me, if I go on vacation and I've come back three four pounds heavier and I don't do something about it, that's when it sticks on the hips. But if I do yeah. something about it straight away, it comes off straight away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, triage. I just I wanted you to share that because most ladies when we come back, we have a little bit of bloat or whatever, and your strategy for that triage for me, it for me does exactly what it does for you. Like if I get to it straight away, the pendulum seems to shift and I don't know what it is about it, but it works. So that's that's the Kemet's triage special. Yeah, it does does. I just don't know whether your body's sort of given you a hall pass, you know, um, and says you know as long as it's done as soon as you get back to home, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. So do you take any um, supplements or um, nope. anything like that? No, I take no supplements. No supplements, no vitamins. No. Okay. <laughs> I think what, um, I think I get everything you, from my food pretty much. Yeah. So um, what do you feel like about Venus was the most beneficial for you? A couple of things. I think firstly the science and the truth behind it, and that is at the end of the day, as much as we'd like to eat whatever we would want to eat, it is pretty much a, a calorie game and, and balancing all of that, that. And then secondly, you know, even as a woman, just lift as heavy as you can because you're not going to put on insane muscle. And even if you do build up somewhere more than you want to, and I've definitely done this, I've definitely built my quads up when I was trying to become a bit of a power lifter and I didn't like the look of it. So guess what? I stopped and now my legs look the way they used to look. Right, you can you can reverse all of this stuff very very quickly right. and very easily, um, but I think the most important thing for me with the program was the community, um, and the fact that even now five six years on, you know, I still got lots and lots of friends, and I talk with you guys most days on various social media, right? Um, right, and that to me is the best support network you could ever have, and right. that that makes the difference. Yeah. Like, you know, people watching this or listening to us, like, we have met once in person, but we've been friends for, you know, four or five years, and I don't have anyone really in my day-to-day life that I can talk to this stuff about, except for my Venus girlfriends, so that, your their, their support to me has been invaluable. I don't know if I, I'm a pretty slow learner sometimes. <laughs> But like, you know, if a, someone you trust, a friend tells you something and they've gone through it, it seems to stick a little better for me and I'm going to be more likely to listen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I um, I don't think I would have done as well without the community. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. So what would you um, recommend if 
somebody was just starting out with Venus and maybe they're listening to this and they're worried about maintenance or even worried about starting, like, what advice would you give them? That's another good question. It really is about building habits. Um, none of us can be perfect every day and none of us can build all of our good habits all at the same time. So pick a couple, you know, and it could be as simple as, you know, getting more water in your day. Uh, we all know it's very important to be hydrated. But not only that, drinking more water helps you feel more full. And oftentimes mm -hmm. we get hunger triggers because we're actually thirsty. So that could be one habit, you know, just drinking more water and being more consistent about that. You know, another habit could be what are some of the replacements I can do, you know, sort of low-calorie low versus high-calorie replacements. I can give you some examples there. Like mashed potato is absolutely awesome. But you can puree cauliflower and it tastes pretty similar. And yeah. it's, about, it's about a quarter of the calories, right? Yeah. You're still getting something that sort of tastes yummy and hefty. And I replace a lot of the half and half and butter with uh, just American mustard. So Ooh. I whip it up with a bit of chicken stock and American mustard so you can decrease the calories even further and it tastes really good. So it's like, what are your kind of um, substitutes, your low-calorie substitutes that enable you to eat what you want to eat but, you know, save two, 300 calories here and there or even 50 calories. You do that a couple of times a day and you've met your target. And how, how can you do that without feeling like you're living on celery and water? Yeah. You know, so it's things like we all know chicken has, you know, lower calories than, than beef, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. replace a little bit there. You know, mm -hmm. cauliflower might be better for you than potato. So you can replace a little bit there. And, and they're the sorts of things that I've learned over, over this time period is just to make some, some good, good substitutes. That's really good. Good advice. So is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to share? Yeah, I guess, I guess the one thing I did want to share that we haven't really gotten into is that this journey, it's hard um, and, and many people coming into it, you know, you're facing issues, you may have health problems, you may have diseases and problems. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't succeed and I wanted to talk, I guess, a little bit about my own health history because it's been mm -hmm. fairly, fairly poor and fairly so I've had a lot of trouble over my life with my health um, you know in and out of hospital um, a lot of big problems um, I currently am living with three autoimmune diseases um, which are, it, it makes it difficult but what I want to say to people is getting your health back in check you know getting your weight down getting your cardiovascular system up building some more muscle mass taking care of what you eat it really really helps with your health you know yeah. I, I I never have a, a, an ill day right I just I just really don't get sick I so mm. seldom get something like a cold you know it's like maybe I had a cold in 2006 yeah <laughs> yeah I so seldom get sick I never take a, a day off work I never have to you know I can right. work 60 70 hour weeks and get everything done and mm. I haven't started with the, the most fortunate, you know, health out of all of this. You know, I've had a pretty tough run in, in many cases. But just by getting these things in place, these building blocks in place, you know, I've made a massive difference to myself and to my life. 
And I would mm. say, and I know this sounds very dramatic, that I believe I've extended my longevity. And, you know, I think there's every chance I'm going to live to 100. You know, yeah. Whereas I, I'm not certain I would have if, if I hadn't been able to fix some of these things. So it really is a matter when you, you're starting in poorer health, you know, be kind and be careful, but don't give up. You know, yeah. good health is just around the corner and if you keep working at it, you can have it. You can have it. And not only did you expand your life, but your quality of life as well. You went from maybe not a full 100%, you know, and that's huge. Absolutely. I, um, I was struggling in so many ways with my health. Um, you know, I kept going because I'm a pretty willful kind of person <laughs> and I don't give up easily, but it was hard. You know, it was yeah. hard. I was exhausted every day. You know, I could, could, could barely do anything other than get up for work and come home. You know, I didn't, didn't even want to go see my friends, didn't want to have much of a social life because I was exhausted all of the mm. time. Right. And now it's like, do I have energy to burn? Well, no, because I guess none of us are quite that wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I can maintain a huge number of things and, you know, continue with a very active life as well as, you know, running my own business, working 60, 70 hour weeks. No, you can do it all, but you do need your health. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like, um, I mean, I learned a lot from you specifically about feeling that feedback and adjusting your diet. I was never very introspective before Venus about how does what I eat make me feel. And I think you told me like, you know, my body's a Ferrari, so I need to feed it premium gas. And um, I've really taken that to heart. So I don't know if you want to share about that, but I know like you are very particular in how you eat um, and how that affects how you feel. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, I do call myself a Ferrari. I say my body is a high-performance machine, um, but gosh, does it need premium fuel. <laughs> it's going to be broken <laughs> down by the side of the road if it doesn't get premium fuel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess what that says to me and how that motivates me is that it means that I treat my body as a high class high performance vehicle and I don't disrespect her yeah. right? I um, keep 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 very mindful but I've been in a position where I've been forced to as I said I've got a, a bunch of autoimmune diseases and a number of other things and if I get off the path of eating mainly good food I mm. I do get sick very very quickly um, and I lose energy very very quickly my thyroid um, stops functioning properly um, and, and a few other things whereas just managing this through diet all of my health statistics I mean my doctor said to me the other day you just got to eat more butter because you're just too healthy <laughs> <laughs> you know okay I'm like okay if it means I can eat more butter that's good but um, <laughs> No, so not only are all my stats in the normal range, they're way out of the normal range on the awesome range, if I can put it yeah. that way. But I am careful and I listen to my body. And if my body's saying to me, you know, I'm feeling a bit sluggish, I'm not feeling happy, I think, what have I done in the last week? What have I eaten? What have I done? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, so I have been eating a little bit too much dessert, <laughs> um, a little bit too much of whatever. Maybe I ought to try toning that down this week and see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I just keep a constant feedback loop, constantly questioning. And I think that's so important. I mean, 
you're like the master of that. And this, the things that you've shared with me, I know has been very impactful for myself personally. And I know many other ladies. So well, I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, my lessons have been a little helpful in some way. Good. I'm glad that you're so open and you share. You've been such a treasure and a personal treasured friend also. So, Oh, thank you, Lissy. I appreciate you talking to us today. Is there anything else? I think that's probably the main one. So just, I guess, to, to recapture that is it's all about consistency, not being perfect. Uh, yes. Don't get down on yourself if you slip up because we all do. Just have a bit of a laugh and say, well, you know, I learned something. I'll try not to do that next time. Um, and also consider your health is one of the most important investments you can make in your life. You know, yeah. your body is worth it. We're all born with one of them, only one, and it's really worth it. And then finally, you know, even if you do have some health issues, don't give up, you know, work with it, but mm -hmm. keep going forward and keep moving forward because every step you take to improve your weight to improve your cardiovascular health and your musculature is an amazing step forward for your body and how you feel living within it. Absolutely. Very wise words. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that is Kimberly and her words on maintenance. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Lissy. And that is your Venus Factor podcast.